Greetings all and welcome to the Courageous Path podcast with me, Rachel Horton White and Soulful Work Intuitive Consulting. You can learn more about me at www.soulfulworkconsulting.com and don't forget to subscribe or follow this podcast here to get the latest interviews as they come up. I am an intuitive coach, spiritual teacher, and writer. I work with people searching to uncover who they really are and what they're meant to be doing. Merging the spiritual with the everyday through thoughts, emotions, and energy, I support people like you to break through stuck patterns and find your true inner self. I hope you enjoy today's interview. The following is a sermon that I gave as a guest at the First Parish Unitarian Universalist Church in Portland, Maine, called The Great Expansion at One with All That Is. In this sermon, I talk about many of us awakening spiritually, realizing we are more connected than we realize, powerful as healers, as creators, as beings of light, connected to each other, receiving frequencies from beyond the earth, and I talk a little bit about what this massive shift in consciousness means in our lives, shedding the layers of ego, tapping into our intuition, and how to really integrate this, these new energies into our daily lives. May it be of service in some way. That we are so much more than we've been taught, that we are beings of light, we are creators, we are healers. We are manifestors. We are connected to a web of energy that cannot be seen by most, but can be felt with the eyes of our hearts. The indigenous people of the world understand this. They know how connected we are. When a red-tailed hawk eats a snake, it starts with the head first. Many believe this is because it is intuitively consuming the most vital energy of that animal which lies in the head, where our crown chakra is also found in direct connection with the divine. The hawk is absorbing the energy of the snake, and all this snake has eaten. And so it goes up and down the food chain. How often do we stop to consider this web of interconnection and its effect on our own lives as we cohabitate a world with other living how do our daily actions affect their lives? How do the experiences of animals and plants affect our own? We are all linked, more intimately than we may realize. When we hurt the earth with pollutants, we are also hurting ourselves. Now I know you may have heard that before in a figurative sense, but what if it's literally true? that chemicals from our food that end up in the earth actually make it back into our bodies, rising up the food chain. That when we spray our lawns with pesticides and a bee lands on that lawn, that we are effectively poisoning our own food supply. When we scream in pain outside, does it hurt the heart of the bird that hears our cry? Maybe it does more than we know. Maybe the force is more real than some may think. So what does this mean for our lives? Many of us have heard about the interconnection of all beings, and it sounds great on the surface. But do we actually stop to consider how literal that is? Most of us have never been taught about how energy really works. 
Like many of you, I was raised in traditional public schools in the modern workplace. I was taught to follow the rules, to draw inside the lines. In school, I was not encouraged to follow my active imagination into a world of intuitive knowing, maybe into other dimensions, and trusting my inner voice and my guides from a higher divine realm to guide me. In fact, the system that I grew up in poked fun at that. Isn't anyone who did this were crazy, weird, or just plain lying? Sound familiar? Thankfully, this is changing. The, energy, the energies of the Earth are shifting. We are receiving frequencies from beyond our planet that is activating our DNA. Like a radio antenna that was broken in two, we are piecing that antenna back together to receive light, which is information. Through meditation, we are rewiring our brains to learn to listen to and trust our inner guidance, our intuition, our spirit guides, angels, masters, teachers, loved ones, source, spirit, God. And we are coming to understand that our universe actually exists on vibrations, on the spaces in between the protons and the neutrons and electrons in every atom, which makes up every piece of matter on Earth. And that space is energy. Waves of frequency upon which our thoughts travel and create vibration. Waves that connect each of us through our emotions to each other. I had never understood that there was a net of energy like the threads of a spider web linking every living being, plant, human, animal, rock, dirt on this planet and beyond. I knew a bit about quantum physics and was fascinated with theories about the existence of God but I never really connected the dots. It wasn't until I took some bold steps in my life and left my stressful job, started meditating again, talked to higher guidance, and particularly like angels, and doing some research that the light bulbs began going off in my brain. I actually remember the moment when I turned on the news one day about some scary event that had just occurred and thought, it's not real. It was like someone turned a switch on in my head. And I started seeing through the illusions of the mainstream media, designed in large part to foment fear and anger and keep us separated from our intuitive divine essence. I started to understand what had been happening in our world. It was what one might say at the beginning. I began piecing together what things are the way they are and believing that I have within me just as you have within you a piece of the divine source energy, commonly known as God, or whatever you choose to call that. I started to see that we all have the answers when we need within ourselves. We just need to unlock them. That we can heal others with our minds and with our hands using light, just as Jesus, Buddha, and other masters did. And that we are powerful creators, and with our free will as humans, we can manifest realities and situations with our own thoughts, not as simple as it sounds, as our subconscious thought patterns, often based on years of conditioning from a young age and many lifetimes will block our high vibration thoughts. From a global perspective and connection of our spirits to each other, maybe this makes sense to you. But what about from an individual perspective? 
How does your soul with its unique qualities contribute to what's happening in the earth energetically? As we expand in our consciousness, we are also expanding in our souls. In fact, the more we explore what it is that we have to offer the world, what our individual gifts are, the more that we can evolve to the ultimate goal of enlightenment, or maybe just self-actualization, and ultimately bring healing to the earth and all its beings. The archetypal pattern of the hero's journey, popularized by Joseph Campbell, this beautifully in the ancient art of the tarot cards is a particularly effective tool for understanding our personal journey in this lifetime and the soul lessons that we set out to learn before incarnating. Although in our modern society, although our modern society has not emphasized the importance of this soul growth, I believe it is an essential tool to our shifting into becoming the spiritual beings that we truly are. One of the most important aspects of the soul's journey is the process of shedding the layers of ego. That aspect of our personalities that makes up our fears, doubts, and worries, which often exist in a very subconscious deep level. The book Soul Craft by Bill Clotkin, gifted to me by my father, describes this descent into our shadow side as one that is often overlooked in much of the spiritual world. It's not pretty or fun, to go into the dark recesses of our own childhood, excavating where our thoughts of not being enough, or our fears of being seen, or our worries about being judged by others come from. These often originate from well-meaning parents or adults who unintentionally help create them. As Platinum claims, the layers of the protective ego, like that of an onion, helps keep us safe as a child, which have since evolved into a voice of separating from this resistance is an essential part of clearing out the debris in our paths. We can assure these egos, often a version of our inner child, that it is safe for them to quiet down, that as adults we have grown enough and have developed enough resources and inner strength to get us through life now, that they are no longer needed to protect us anymore, since their version of protection often prevents us from taking risks that help us expand in our consciousness. In Soulcraft's protective ego is represented in a real-life example. Near the end of World War II, a group of Japanese soldiers ended up marooned on an island. The war ended, but they were still there, aware. When they were finally rescued and returned to their villages in Japan, they knew of no other roles for themselves other than being warriors. But the villagers didn't mock or criticize them. They thanked the soldiers every day, but gently suggested that they didn't need to fight anymore. That they could put down their armor, put down their weapons. And they told them this every day for a while until gradually the soldiers began to accept the truth and found other forms of livelihood and roles to fill. Similarly, we can take this approach with our protective egos. I have found that using four tools on a consistent basis over a period of months, maybe a lifetime, has contributed to huge shifts in my own life to those of my own clients, leading to new flow and freedom. The first is quiet the mind for meditation, to develop the ability to let go of the worries or the ego, just as we let go of thoughts in meditation. The second is through writing exercises 
such as personifying those egos in a biography and writing a goodbye letter, separating them. The third is visualization in the subconscious state to target where this ego is felt in the body and then to energetically separate from it. And the fourth is verbally processing to identify what the voice of the protective ego is saying to us and when it tends to flare up most. Maybe as you're listening to this, you're thinking of your own life and how this might apply. I hope that maybe you are. I will say that as you can probably imagine, doing this shadow work, going to places that are painful to explore, takes courage. Many people avoid doing this. And sometimes it isn't until our deathbeds that we start to see that we don't have to listen to that protective ego version of ourselves, that we are so much more than we have been taught. So don't let that be you. Take some bold steps to begin listening to that little inner voice inside, measuring you to paint more, to dance, to write, to heal, to spend time outdoors or with children or animals, to play music, to engage in any sort of activity that is allowing your soul to fully express itself. I'm not suggesting that you quit your job tomorrow to do this. Just take small steps. Just experiment. Just explore a new idea. Reach out to someone to test out something new. You're not committing to anything. You're just moving the paddle in your canoe as you travel down the river of life to get closer to the flow of your true essence. Don't, doesn't it get tiring after all, paddling upstream? Find the flow, whatever it may be. By quieting the mind and asking our higher guidance to guide us, we can receive unconditional love, guidance, and support every step of the way. And listening to and trusting the answers that come in dreams, on street signs, in number patterns, songs on the radio, or just a quiet, persistent thought that keeps coming back. You probably already know your intuition or your soul or guides from other realms is asking you to do. You already hear or see or feel or know the messages from your soul. It's just that we often ignore them, allowing the loud protective ego, fueled by the noise of the media and information overload, to dominate the conversation. Quiet your mind in meditation, even if it's just for five minutes, whenever you can. And you will find that the noise diminishes and the inner wisdom emerges. This is our collective expansion. The veil is lifting and the illusions are being shattered. Through our soul work and, and honing our intuitive gifts, we uncover the magic that lies within. We begin to feel how deeply we are connected with the energy of the earth and its life. We long to grow food, dig in the dirt, build beautiful things with our hands, share food and resources with our neighbors, and heal the most vulnerable. We come together with others in communities and find joy in simplifying our lives. This collective expansion not only can lead to our personal freedom and universal peace, but to the preservation of the human race and ultimately of the planet. After stepping through the gates of truth, it's a whole new beautiful world. This has been the Courageous Path podcast, and don't forget to subscribe or follow it here. To learn more about me, you can find me at www.soulfulworkconsulting.com, and I'm Rachel Horton White of Soulful Work Intuitive Consulting. Hope to see you next time and have a wonderful day.